0: Now, here's what I want you to do, folks. I want you to get your Bibles right now and I want you to turn to Galatians. You know, we've been going through Galatians chapter 5. We're looking at verses 1 to 6. Galatians chapter 5 verses 1 to 6. And what we want to do is we're going to look at, we're where Paul right now is moving us forward in his discussion. Because, remember, he has been discussing with us the whole issue of basically not being ensnared. Because, remember, he's talking to these Galatians about the reality that they are ensnared to a system. In their case, it was a system of keeping law. And by keeping that law... He was basically pointing out to them that they were enslaving themselves again and turning away from grace. And he had spent basically the first four chapters trying to show them, and I thought he did a pretty good job, that the law doesn't do anything but expose your need for Christ. It will always lead to spiritual defeat. So now we come to chapter 5, and he's going to basically show us what we need to do to move on to move on and live in grace and realize that you're accepted. In fact, that's what the series is called, Accepted, Experiencing Grace Day by Day. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to take your Bibles, and we're going to look at the first six verses, verses 1 to 6. So let's read this together. Here's what Paul writes. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. And do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Indeed, I, Paul, say to you that if you become circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. I testify again to every man who becomes circumcised that he is a debtor to keep the whole law. You have become estranged from Christ, you who attempt to be justified by the law, you have fallen from grace. For we, through the Spirit, eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything, but faith Working through love. Wow, what a passage. Now, here's what we're going to do, folks. We're going to take this passage and we're going to divide it into three sections. Okay? We're going to divide it into three sections. And here's what Paul does in these sections. First of all, he's going to start off in verse one and he's going to give you and I an encouragement. Okay? Because remember, he has just spent four chapters. Pointing out the problem with living your life by the law. Living your life trying to gain acceptance with God by your actions. And for us, you're like, well, Georgia, we're not trying to keep the law. We're That's not, not our problem. No, but some of you have created your own laws. If I don't do my devotions, if I don't give, if I don't attend church, which in a minute, if you think about that, we're all in trouble, right? Right. Um, If I don't do all these things, then I'm not right with God. I've got to do things for his acceptance. Okay, so he's pointing out that that, all that does is lead to spiritual defeat, realizing that you can never gain your acceptance with God by anything like that. So what he's doing here is is he's going to give you an encouragement to move beyond that. We're going to see that in verse 1. Now part of the encouragement is, is you've got to recognize the problem. In order for you to move forward and go on, you've got to recognize and always be in, have in your mind what the problem is. We're going to see that in verses 2 through 4. And then finally, he's going to talk about the Spirit's empowerment in your life. And we'll talk about that when we get to verses 5 and 6. So let's go ahead, let's start with the encouragement. I've got two things I want to show you here. Two things. Number one, you need to hold on to the freedom that Jesus gave his life for. Okay? You need to hold on to the freedom that Jesus gave his life for. Look at what he says here. He says stand fast. Okay? Stand fast. It's kind of like, you know what, when you I like watching football, okay? and you see the guys line up, they're getting ready to to, uh, to start to play, and you got both lines, you got the defense lined up, you got the offense lined up. Those guys have set their feet. They're ready to go. They're standing fast for whatever's going to happen when that play starts. They're standing fast. That's the kind of picture that we're seeing here, is that you and I need to be active in our Christian life to hold on to the freedom that Jesus died for. Now I think that's a good thing that he's pointing out here because, listen, when we talk about freedom here we're not talking about the freedom to do whatever we want to do. That's not the kind of freedom he's talking about here. He's talking about the freedom of freeing you in the issue of salvation from the bondage that you were in before. What bondage? enslaved to sin, enslaved to your flesh, enslaved to the culture, enslaved to Satan. You've been freed from that because of Jesus Christ, what he did. He died for you. That's how important it is. So you and I have to actively hold on to that freedom that Jesus died for us. That's what he's saying here. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. First thing, you've got to, you just can't. See, here's the problem. We go, we go with the flow in life. Oh, we get up in the morning, whatever time that is that we normally get up. Some of you, it is first thing in the morning, maybe five, six o'clock. Some of you, it's the crack of dawn at noon. That's a joke. The reality is you and I, we go through life. We don't think about it. It's just another day. We do that with our Christian lives, but we can't we have to be on guard, we have to be ready, we have to be set, we have to stand firm, is what he's talking about here, in the freedom that we have in Jesus. And then he goes one step further about holding on, and he's going to tell you this is, again, another thing that you and I need to actively do, okay? Here's the second point I want you to see. Second point, don't be enslaved to a system of effort that achieves nothing. Don't be enslaved to a system of effort that achieves nothing. Look at what he says again. And do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. So here's what he's wanting you to understand. He said, remember, he talked about this earlier. He talked about in your prior time, you were enslaved to a system of trying to appease the gods, of trying to please people and doing this and that. We're, We're raised in that kind of a culture where we've got to put forth effort for acceptance. You're not in that anymore. You have been accepted by Jesus, period, because of his death on the cross. So don't entangle yourself again in a system of effort for them. Don't entangle yourself in the Old Testament law, keeping the new moons and the festivals, making the sacrifices, being circumcised, because that doesn't bring anything except bondage. You and I, don't entangle yourself in a concept that I've got to do all of these things for God to accept me and love me. Folks, he already accepts you and loves you. You should be doing those things out of that love, not for that love. Do you understand? It's out of the love, not for it so there's the encouragement the encouragement for you and i is you've got to hold on to that grace and don't allow yourself to be deceived don't allow yourself to be entangled again and let me just go ahead and warn you right now folks that is so easy that is so easy because we live in a church culture where we have people around us who will push onto us what they think spirituality is and what you should be doing and basically before you know it you're entangled to some sort of system that doesn't accomplish anything. If anything, what it accomplishes is spiritual defeat. So that's why he gets to verses 2 and 4 and he's going to talk to us about the problem. We've always got to be mindful of the problem. Look at what he says in verses 2 to 4. I, indeed I, Paul, say to you that if you become circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. And I testify again to every man who becomes circumcised that he is a debtor to keep the whole law. You have become estranged from Christ, you who attempt to be justified by the law you have fallen from grace. Fallen from grace. All right, let's talk about this. I got four things I'm going to point out to you here. Four things. All right, let's take them one by one. Let's start with verse two. Here's what he's saying. Effort brings no benefit to your relationship with Jesus Christ. Effort brings no benefit to your relationship with with Jesus Christ. That's what he's saying here. In their instance, the effort was being circumcised. And look at what he says here. I, Paul, say to you that if you become circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. Look, if you get entangled, in their instance, in being circumcised to kind of get somewhere in your relationship with God, he's basically saying that Christ doesn't mean anything to you anymore. That relationship isn't important. You're not benefiting your relationship with God by your actions. Okay, so some of you here, you're like, oh, i got to have my devotional time. And so you set that time up each week. I've got to do this. I've got to do this. And then let's be honest, in our day and age that we live in right now, stuff happens. And you can't get to it. We say, well, it's just one day. Maybe I'll just get back on track. Well, then sometimes one day turns into a week. And sometimes the week turns into a month. And here's what ends up happening is, is you think, oh my goodness, I'm not right with the Lord. I didn't pray. I didn't have my devotional time. I didn't give. I didn't serve. Folks, that has no benefit to your relationship with Jesus. If anything, that basically is saying you don't understand that relationship with Jesus. You have no clue about what salvation is. You have no clue about acceptance with God. That's the point he's making here. Effort brings no benefit. Okay, No benefit. Let's go on. He brings out a general principle now in verse 3. Those who try to keep one part of the law must keep all of the law. See, this is the dirty little secret that people who try to impose on you some sort of spiritual thing to do in order for you to gain acceptance with God, this is what they don't tell you because this is what they're not even aware of. Paul has made this point, not just here in Galatians, he makes it as well in other, of his, in other places in his writings, that if you try to keep the law, you become a debtor, you become enslaved to the whole law and that if you fail in one part of the law you failed in all parts of the law. And see what folks will do is they'll come along and say well you need to do this. Well okay by doing that then you are obligated, this is what he's trying to point out here, you are obligated now to keep the whole law. And can anybody keep the whole law? I can already tell you right now the answer is no to that. How do you know that? Well think about what Peter said in the book of Acts. He made it very clear that they themselves, the Jews, couldn't keep the whole law. Why are we imposing it on the Gentiles? See, this is the problem. Those who try to keep the one part of the law must keep all of the law. So for instance, think about this for a moment. I I, I think about people, you know, you go through fads in Christianity. One of the fads I know from years ago is that people want to eat the Old Testament way. We've got to keep the Old Testament dietary laws. Great, wonderful, do that. But you also need then need to keep other parts of the law. If you want to keep and, and say that everybody needs to do that, then you need to do it as well in these other areas. And let me just go ahead and tell you this right now. They're not willing to do the other areas. Because they would say, well, no, that's, that's not practical. Yeah, you're right, it's not practical. And if anything, all it's going to prove is, is that you can't do it. That you're going to fail and that you need... Jesus, this is the principle that he's making here, okay? This is the principle that he's making here. This is all part of the problem. This is all getting back to the encouragement. Hold on to the grace that Jesus died for. Don't entangle yourself, because here, if you entangle yourself, this is what you're getting. He goes on, a little bit more, explaining the problem in verse five. When you seek to justify yourself, you strain the relationship with jesus christ when you seek to justify yourself when you seek to prove yourself as being worthy because that's what we're talking about here when we're talking about justifying ourselves when you seek to justify yourself you are trying to prove your worthiness to the lord but what you end up doing actually is straining the relationship straining the relationship look at what he says in verse four For you have become estranged from Christ, you who attempt to just be justified by the law. You've become estranged from him. Why? Because basically when you're trying to constantly prove yourself and Jesus is saying you don't need to do that, I already love you, I did it all for you, it's kind of like you're not cluing in on what he did for you. This is the problem. You've adopted another way of thinking when in actuality you need to look and see what the relationship is actually like. He died for you. He accepts you. Quit trying to prove yourself. Because the fact of the matter is we already know from scripture you can't prove yourself. You're not worthy. That's why salvation is a gift. Not of works lest any man should boast. Isn't that true? then why do we feel like we've got to keep doing it? So when you seek to justify yourself, you strain that relationship with Jesus. Here's the final thing we see from verse 4. Seeking to justify yourself results in walking away from grace. Look at what he says. Sometimes people are confused by the statement, but in verse 4 he says, you have Fallen from grace. Now, some people would mean, "Oh, that means you've lost your salvation." No, no, that's not what he's talking about here. That's not the implication. What the implication is here is, is that you have walked away from the life of grace. You've walked away from the true benefit of the relationship because you're taking the relationship in a different way in a different area going down a different road with the relationship that's going nowhere Because that road you're taking, whatever that action is, reading your Bible so many times a day to make sure God praying or giving and and people do that. They'll come to church and, and come to church and do things because if I do this, then maybe God will answer my prayer or God will bring healing to my marriage or God will do this and God will provide me that job. I'm going to tell you right now, none of that accomplishes anything. And this is the point. You're walking away from the grace of the relationship that you already have with Him. He already accepts you. He already loves you. He's already looking out for you. This is the reality, okay? This is the reality of what you and I need to see. See, that's the problem. If you and I are going to be holding on to The grace. If you and I are going to make sure that we're not entangling ourselves, you've got to understand the problem. And let me just go ahead and tell you right now, the world, the church is filled with people who will try to entangle you into keeping laws. And you've got to be on guard for it. We say, okay, it sounds like we're getting back to what he said in chapters 1 through 4 again, George. Well, he's going to go a little bit further in verses 5 and 6 now to tell you that that part of holding on to grace, that part of living in that grace, in that relationship, is on your own you can't do it because on your own you can't keep the law. How in the world can you keep up this relationship? Well, he's given you someone to help you with that relationship, and that is the Holy Spirit. So notice now what he says in verses 5 and 6. For we, through the Spirit, eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. In Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything, but faith working through love. Now here, I'm going to give you a couple of points here. Two points that I want you to think about. Two points that I want you to rest in. Because again, he's called us to hold on. Hold on to our faith because Jesus died for us. Don't entangle yourself. You saw the problems with that entanglement. It's only going to mess up your relationship. It's only going to send you down a road that goes nowhere. Here's what you need to understand. You're empowered to live a different life. Okay. You might want to write that down. You are empowered by the spirit to live a different life so let's look at these two points number one in the relationship with christ it is faith not effort that is meaningful in the relationship with jesus christ what is meaningful in your relationship is not how much you pray it's not how much you give it's not how much you attend It's your faith. And let me just say this. When I talk about faith, I'm not talking about just simply saying, well, uh, yeah, I believe in Jesus, and I believe he died for my sins. That's not what he's talking about here when he's talking about faith. He's talking about a commitment to Christ. He's talking about a trust in Christ. It is a recognition of who he is and that you need him and that you believe him. And you trust him. And you're going to live your life anticipating him. That's what faith is, my folks. That's what faith is. And in the relationship, that is more important than all the stuff you do. Because it's out of that that you do the stuff. Do you understand? It's out of your faith that you show your works. It's out of your faith. Okay? Let's go on. Here's the second thing I want you to see. With the Spirit's help, we wait for acceptance with God through faith. With the Spirit's help, we wait for acceptance. We say, I thought we we're already accepted. Yeah, but you live your life in the anticipation of that acceptance. You live your life in in the anticipation of the acceptance. How is that possible? I live my life in anticipation of the acceptance because I know every time I go to him, he wants to hear from me. Why do you think he says in Hebrews, come boldly into his throne room and let him know your request. You can go in and talk to the Lord anytime. You don't have to worry about it. You're his child. See, with the Spirit's help, we wait presently for that acceptance That's coming by faith. I know by faith he accepts me and loves me and I live that way. Are you living that way? Or are you living in bondage thinking, as long as I do these things and as long as I don't do this and as long as I say that and as long as I don't say this, I'm accepted with him or I think I'm accepted with him. That's the problem is we think we're accepted with him by doing these things. We're not sure. Well, I'm going to tell you right now the reason why we're not sure because that doesn't accomplish anything. But with the Spirit's help, by faith, we wait for the acceptance because we know it's there. That's how you need to be living your life. Hanging on to grace. That's, my friends, is what we need to be doing. Hanging on to the grace of Jesus Christ in our lives. Hanging on to grace. All right, so listen, where do we go with this? Well, I want you to think for a moment. How have you been living your life? Do you understand the relationship that you have with Jesus? Do you understand what it cost Jesus for you to have that relationship? Do you understand that when he offered that relationship to you and I, he didn't ask for something in return from us. He just simply asked for us to trust Him, to believe in Him, to have faith in Him. And when you and I did that, He gave us that relationship, not because of ourselves, who we are, who we're not, are, what, what we are, what we've done, not any of that, because that's all meaningless. And then He entered into our lives and He saved us. He gave us a new life. He gave us Grace, liberty in him. But here you are, you've kind of ensnared yourself, you've kind of placed yourself in bondage again, because it's easy, I've done it. We're thinking we've got to appease him somehow, when he's already appeased. Who appeased him? Jesus Christ and his sacrifice. So here's two things I want you to think about, for you and I to go on, to hold on to the grace. Okay? Hold on to the grace. Number one, walk away from the spiritual bondage and allow the spirit, spirit to guide your life. Walk away from the spiritual bondage and allow the Spirit to guide your life. Now, some of you, it's going to be an effort, but you've got to do this. You've got to decide that your acceptance with Jesus isn't tied to how often you read the Bible. Your acceptance with Jesus isn't tied to how often you pray. Your acceptance with Jesus isn't tied to this, that, or another. Your acceptance with Jesus is tied to Jesus and what he did for you and his love for you and the Father's love for you and sending his Son. And so now, because of that, because of that love and sending his son, he's also sent his spirit to live within you, who is comes alongside of you. Isn't that what John chapter 13 through 16 talks about? I'm sending you another helper, King James, another comforter to come alongside of you. That's what parakletos means, one who comes alongside of, to guide you through this life. So rather than guiding your life by this set of spiritual laws and rules, you hold on to grace that he died for you for and you allow the Spirit to empower you and to guide you through life. That's what we're talking about here. Walk away from the bondage. Some of you have got to walk away from the bondage and begin to let the Spirit guide your life. Okay? Here's the second thing I want you to see. Live your life by faith in the one who died for your freedom. That's how we should be living. So many of us, we're living our lives based upon what our regiments are for that day. And if whether or not I keep my regiment, oh, Bible reading, prayer, this, that, or another, almsgiving, if I do all these things, then I'm okay. But you're not okay. Rather, you live your life by faith. Faith in who? Jesus. And can I tell you what that living your life by faith really is? You live in the relationship with Christ. The God of the universe wants to have a relationship with you. And he wants to interact with you. And he wants to be the focus of your life. And you live your life for him. For him. Because you want to spend time with him. And the reality is. Is that the freedom to live that life for him. Is because Jesus died on the cross for you. That's what's important my friends. Walk away from the bondage. Embrace the spirit empowered life. And you live that life by faith. In the one. Who died for you. Something. For you and i to think about something for you and i to grasp something to guide us through on a new way and a new journey of acceptance where we experience his grace day by day let me pray for you